New Vision is a church that is about guiding people to lives of gospel transformation. Whether this is your first time listening with us or you're a regular listener, we're so happy that you're here. Monday through Friday, we release a podcast studying through a book of the Bible. Right now, we've focused our attention to the Gospel of John. Again, we're happy that you're here. We know God's going to do something great. And joining us today, our research specialist, Andrew Cloud. All right, so yesterday um, we talked about we're in John chapter 8, and it's a long section. And it's a point in Jesus' ministry where, you know, he's he's been doing a bunch of signs. We're still in that section of his ministry, but it's starting to transition into uh, kind of this debate because while his his following is rising and he's doing all these signs, so also, <clears throat> excuse me, is his opposition. And so he's at this point in ministry where he's constantly, people are following him around, dissecting what he's saying, accusing him and almost like prosecuting him. But we saw yesterday that Jesus is starting to turn the tables now. Now he's the one that's accusing. He's the one that's prosecuting. He's the one that's with a scalpel to the heart uh, as, as a surgeon that only he can. And so it's really interesting part of, of the dialogue here in chapter 8. I left off yesterday in verse 30. He's debating again with these religious leaders and the, the Pharisees and the scribes. And then at the end, in verse 30, he says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. And we left off and it's like, hey, that's positive. You know, his, his, his following is growing. Uh, but disciple simply means just like a learner. So, you know, he may have followers, but they may not necessarily be believers. And so, uh, you know, born again in that sense, they're genuine, have their faith in Christ and who he is as a person. Jesus's mission is all about who he is and what he's going to do on the cross. And so in this context, we see that, all right, it sounded positive. You know, people, many people believed in him. They're like, okay, I'm hearing what you have to say, uh, you know, yesterday. But today, uh, you know, as it, it, we're seeing that apparently they did not believe that Jesus is who he really was. And so this text today is all about, well, you believe something about Jesus, but let me, let me give you something even further. And so uh, this is pretty profound text. We'll just go ahead and read. It's a long section. So we'll, we'll just start John chapter eight. I'm reading in the ESV. Here's verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, quote, if you abide on my word, you are truly my disciples. So it's the abiding. Verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's a famous verse. Verse 33, they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You're doing the works your father did. And they said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. 
I came not of my own accord, but he who sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot hear my word. For you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and a father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you're not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? So now they're just resorting to name calling. Verse 49, Jesus answered, Well, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. What do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. Yet he he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you said you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out from the temple. And so that's a huge, long discourse. It's a long chunk. Thank you for bearing with me. But I, I took a couple things, just like yesterday, a couple things that are you know really stuck out as, as a notes in the, in the text. And I mean, first of all, we see this kind of edge that Jesus had. He's He's straight up telling the Pharisees that their father's the devil. I mean, that's a rough day, right? So he's he's attacking, and and so he's not just this, you know, watercolor painting Jesus with long hair. He's 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 being authoritative because he is God, and and that's the first point. Jesus is God. And have you ever met someone? Maybe you you're listening, and you're like, you know what? Why didn't why didn't Jesus just outright say, "I am God"? Because you know, that sets apart Christianity from Islam and Judaism, uh, classical Judaism now. Why didn't we say we worship Jesus on Sunday mornings? We're singing songs and praising Jesus because he's deity. Colossians 2 9 says, the fullness of deity dwelt bodily. But why didn't in the Gospels Jesus just say, like, hey, I'm God, guys? Well, he did. And it's pretty profound and it's pretty clear that that's what he's claiming here in this chapter. Not only that, but verse 46, he's claiming to be perfect, all right? So no one's perfect but God, right? Verse 46, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? And of course, they can't, so they resort to name-calling. And then here's this famous, in verse 58, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was, I am, I am. And that is a theme we see constantly throughout the book of John, is uh, this this statement, I am, and if anybody knows their Hebrew Bible, they're going to be like, wow, he is definitely referring to the divine name of God. This is a reference constantly to Exodus 3.14. And if you all know that story, Moses is at the burning bush and, uh, you know, God's speaking is a theophany, right? That's God's, uh, th- 
representing himself in a physical form to someone in the Old Testament or a Christophany, Jesus' appearance in, the, in, in a physical form in, in the Old Testament, whatever word you want to use, that Moses is before God's presence, his physical presence in the form of a burning bush. And Moses says, well, you know, God's sending him to, to let Israel go from the cap- captivity of Egypt. And he's like, well, who should I tell them sending me? I, I mean, no one's going to believe this. And God just says, tell them I am who I am. I am has sent sent you. And so he is the preexistent, eternal, infinite, holy, righteous, perfect, always has uh, no higher authority than him, the great I am. We sing that hymn so, uh, or that song. So Exodus 3.14, Jesus is saying, I am. In other words, he's saying, I'm God, guys. And then another thing in this text, we see a lot of times in the Gospels, uh, Jesus says something like, truly, truly, I say to you, that's also a form of claiming to be God. Because uh, in the Old Testament, when God spoke scripture through his prophets, the, the prophet would say, you know, thus saith the Lord, signifying that those were God's words. But here we see Jesus saying, truly, truly, I say to you, so I'm God, I'm God in man and man and I'm speaking. And so when, when I, I remember one time I was uh, confronted with that, well, if Jesus is God and you worship him, you know, why didn't he just say he's God? And I was, I was kind of put, put aback from that. Cause I was looking around. I'm like, yeah, why isn't there a verse that clearly says it? It's clear. And it was clear to the Jews in front of him too, because they pick up stones to throw at him because they claimed he was being blasphemous. They knew that he was claiming to be God because that's why they killed him for it. Uh, So they felt threatened by that. So I hope that helps you. That's the first point is Jesus is God and we worship him. This has all been about Jesus's identity and who he is and what he's done. And then second to that, what has Jesus done? We see it in verse 32. Jesus gives us a freedom to do what we ought. Jesus gives us a freedom to do what we ought. And a lot of times say, you know, before you're a believer, you're like, I don't, I don't, man, man, Christianity is way too restrictive and I'd rather be free because I don't like the rules of Christianity. But what's ironic in that is in here in this verse, and it's a famous verse, you know, the truth, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they answered, well, we've never been enslaved to anyone which is ironic because it's wrong on two levels. First of all, they didn't know their history. They're they're speaking that terms. Uh, By the way, you know, Israel, you were a slave in Egypt, uh, Babylon and Persia and Assyria. And oh yeah, by the way, now you're under occupation from Rome. But that's not even what Jesus was talking about. So they were wrong there. And then secondly, they're wrong because Jesus wasn't talking about that kind of bondage and that kind of tyranny because he's, he's talking about sin. And he says that, you know, if you're, Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. So when we say, well, Christianity is too restrictive, it's actually the exact opposite. We, we're Before we come to Christ, we're free to do what we want all the time. The problem is what we want is always sin. We never, you know, even if we choose to do the right thing, we do it for selfish reasons and we're never really free. And so that's what Jesus is talking about, that true encounters with Jesus result in freedom for or freedom to rather than a freedom from. I remember one time I was sitting in church. This was before I was a Christian. I was invited to a church and um, I was like, I'm not too sure about this Christianity thing. And the pastor kept saying, you know what? I know you're sitting there and I, I know you think you have more freedom to do what you want and you have no restrictions but you're not free to do what you ought. You're free to do what you want, but you're not free to do what you ought. In other words, 
when we come into relationship with Jesus, when we see Jesus and we have an encounter with him, not only do we get the Holy Spirit and we're empowered to, to have the, the freedom, the power to do what we should do, but we're changed. We're, our, we have an encounter with Jesus and our desires are changed that we want to do that because we see Jesus as beautiful and that he's given us that freedom and that we're free and free indeed. So I hope that wherever you are listening to this podcast, that, well, all of us, we've all been encouraged by being reminded of who Jesus is. We saw, number one, that he's for God and what he's done. He's made us free. And uh, wherever you are, I hope this helps. Robert, I guess I'm throwing it back to you. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.